Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hands in. Pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. Pod. Thank you very much for downloading or listening to or clicking on however you're listening to this. Thank you very much for checking out this, the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast with the usual suspects. I'm Tim, he's JB. Hello, Tim. And that there is Phil. Hi, Tim. We love rugby. We don't take it or ourselves too seriously. We're currently sat on Sunday afternoon. It's a shade before three o'clock and it's half time in the Sale Wasps game. Sale with a fortuitous 12-7 lead after that Christian Wade. He's just a few minutes ago. And a right blunder. So we'll watch the second half of uh, that game and there's a few talking points from it already. And of course, all the other rugby games that have been on over the weekend. And let's start with uh, Picks of the Week. Well, hang on. Let's start with this, which is a very special podcast because, of course, we're watching Sale. And usually we can't do a podcast when Sale are on TV, can we, Tim? When Sailor at home. Exactly. So no, we normally can't what, do podcasts whilst Sailor are at home because I would normally be match announcing for Sail Sharks. You must be ma- match announcer at Wasps now. Huh? Moving over with Gaskell, Miller. Oh. <laughs> I just thought that, that was like part of the package. <laughs> and Kin and Mile. Yeah. yeah. Gone and joined up. Uh, no, that's not happened. I've um, been relieved of my duties as match announcer for Sail Sharks. I don't know why. I, do, I, think, I do think it is excessive having you there because a ratio of one ma- match announcer to 12 fans... It doesn't seem to make sense. <laughs> anyway, I'm not bitter. I'm bitter. I used to get free tickets. Well, we'll, st- we'll, we'll, well, we'll still work on that. Okay. But um, no, yeah, it, I'm, not, I'm no longer match announcer for Sale Sharks. I, I don't know why. I just got an email going. Thanks for all your efforts. Not needed anymore. <laughs> I, think, I think I was quite good at it. I think I was quite good at it. Thanks for all your efforts. Not like you were building a house. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. So there we go. So yeah, I'm watching the Sale game from the studio with the other boys. Indeed. Which is nice. It um, is. It is. It's good. So, uh, yeah, pick of the week then. From the week just gone, Phil, come to you first. Um, I'm going for the big rugby championship game, South Africa-New Zealand game. Yes. And, and the first time that New Zealand have lost since December 2012. Wow. I've got a funny feeling today that I'm going to need to have my fact button close at hand. So let me just... <laughs> fact. Statman Phil there. Mm. First time since uh, they got beat by England at HQ in December 2012. Is that right? Yeah. That's an impressive run, that. It, yeah, not bad. Considering in that time they've played South Africa five times, Australia about eight times. Yeah, South Africa really left it a bit late to beat them, though. Uh, they did. It was a fantastic game. Six tries scored. Um, some fantastic tries as well. Pollard got to Hugard's try, which was like a ninety meter length of mm-hmm. length of the pitch thing with half the team involved. Fekitoa Smith, like really, really good tries. Do you think Pollard is the real deal? Yeah, I think he is actually. I we, think... we talked about him during the under twenty World Championships, didn't we? As being, well, this kid looks like he doesn't look like an under under twenty player. He looks like a man, yeah, ready for Test rugby. Because he's quite a big boy. He's solid, hard hitter, good with ball in hand, good runner as well. Um, and he's really come on in this tournament. Like, obviously, getting thrown in to this straight after the under twenty World Cup. Exactly, it's, yeah. it's a huge step up in level. It's also a massive ask for the All Blacks to fill up on stake in Argentina, get back on a plane, stop off at <laughs> South Africa for a quick game. 
um, back home. <laughs> what, that's what, what they would have done, right? It, what, yeah, basically. Yeah, one year to go in the till the Rugby World Cup, and it's a big boost for South Africa. But in, in a funny way, it's, it's good. I, I just that invincibility of New Zealand. I think it was important to break it, albeit you know there was a draw earlier in the championship. But it was good. It was good for there to be a, an outright defeat. Oh, it's, it's still there. It's still there. Well, no. we'll see when they come north in a, in a month's time. That'll be a big, big test. Well, they'll be going to America first, Tim. Don't forget that. Oh, of course. Of course. They'll be playing in Chicago, where you two will be. Indeed. And we've got some... Mm. Exci- well, over the coming weeks, we've got some exciting news to break, we think, about our Chicago trip. So um, yes. keep your ears peeled about that. Um, we'll come back to the Rugby Championship, I think. My pick of the week, I'm going to make Sam Burgess. I don't know if anyone saw the NRL nope. final, grand final. Sam Burgess was immense. And his final game in rugby league, he became the first ever non-Australian player to win the, I can't remember what the, it's something Churchill medal for man of the match in a grand final. Wow. wow. First ever non-Australian. And the guy is a special talent. He's now got a depressed cheekbone fracture. What, as in, as in it's upset or what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would be depressed if it wasn't on Sam Burgess's face. <laughs> I think it should feel pretty happy yeah, that yeah. he's part of Sam Burgess because the guy's a, an absolute machine. But uh, that will delay his start in rugby union. I, th- I don't think it will. I think it's going to be around that time to heal before he's, he'll be ready to take the field for Bath. Mm. And besides, he's got to get in the Bath team. Well, no, it's, I was thinking the LV Cup. What a perfect time to chuck in Sam Burgess. Oh, Ooh. LV would love that. Against some 18, 19 year old kids, <laughs> some academy boys. <laughs> 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 I've got a funny feeling that this will lead nicely onto Jay's pick of the week. Bath Saracens was awesome. Uh, Friday night in the best sports ground <laughs> in the world. Are you contractually obliged to mention that every I single time you ground. talk it's about such that? such a good ground. Now, Bath are thinking of expanding this ground. Don't do it. Just charge the fans double. They can afford it. <laughs> keep, keep that special atmosphere. It's incredible. And, well, that will ensure that there's nothing more comes from a chant, that you don't get any riffraff doing any other chant other than Bath, 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 Bath. You save all the money from not building a stadium and you get double the income. Where's the downside? Someone's only downside exactly <laughs> and they will pay also JB let's uh, just before we get into the actual game uh, Bath Saracens just tell me what it was like when you settled down in your sofa about 7.30 and there was a, that, that feeling before the game started when you were seeing in the warm up Chat Berger <sighs> and Big Gavin Henson it was, on the same field at the same time it was difficult mate it was difficult I mean at one point um I was kind of backing Bath, but then I saw Jack Berger on the floor and I shouted, Get off him! Get off him! <laughs> and some dirty Bath players were standing all, all over Precious Jack. But uh, in the end, Henson was uh, victorious and I felt good about it. I felt good. Yeah. yeah. It was a special, special night. I, I uh, mean, I don't have kids, but it, I guess it was like me asking you which is your favourite child. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you must have been just imagining both you, Gavin, and Jack horse riding up a mountain to go fishing no we had we had the the best arrangement possible those two playing against each other on a pitch and me watching <laughs> that's that is how I, how just I to make to just to make it more exciting did you watch the second half inside a closet just <laughs> looking looking through a cupboard at the telly oh. but it was one hell of a game it's good uh, wasn't it everything about Bath is exciting yeah. their scrimmaging is exciting the players who are injured, who are about to come back, are exciting. The backs are exciting. Everything is awesome. Yeah. And Rocket Dungooney can run through walls. God, he's Rocket not just fast. He's... He looked incredible, didn't he? Did Ev- you see? Everyone's calling for him to be uh, in- included in the England squad, possibly even in the starting starting squad. From Ford to Rocket Dungooney, 
which, uh, and then the two centres, which of those don't play for England? Would you not just want to take them on mass? In the squad, in the team, two different things. Because you look on the other team and Strettle's been in electrifying form. He, he, he must feel hard done by that he's getting overlooked. Yeah. I but mean, it's so hard Strettle's to call. Good. Now, Phil, you, say what you were saying about the wingers. Uh, England's wingers. Well, I, I think wing is probably England's weakest position. Um, That's a big thing to I say. Think it is. I, I think I think it is. I think we've got a lot of potential there and a lot of talent. But have, have any of those players actually done it on the big bigger stage? Like I, like if you said if you said Yard, Wade, May, those three who could Noel. potentially be starting, Noel, none of them have done it internationally. Well, I don't think many of them got. Many of them so far have got much of a chance or had much no, of a chance yet. They've not, but they've just never proved themselves. And they, they could, you could have four, in, in five years' time, we could say we've got four outstanding wingers. But I think at the moment, we don't have that. Uh, and I, don't, don't forget, they're all similar age to George North, who at this age has got yeah. 50 caps mm, he's done pretty for well. international tries. Julian Surveyor's not much older. Yeah, he's, he's what, 23, 24? Well, here's the thing, right? Uh, George North and Julian Surveyor stand out because they are massive. Right, so they've got fast track than they're in or the rest of it. But you wouldn't say necessarily that George North is a better winger than, say, a Shane Williams in his pomp. I mean, he probably is. But in the same way you don't want George North running at Shane Williams, I wouldn't want Christian Wade running at George North. I think they're just different propositions. I think potential, but not fulfilled yet. Translating that potential into reality on the international stage is a big ask, which is why it's so impressive what... And Andre Pollard has done for South Africa yeah. uh, during the Rugby Championship. And let's get back to that. And sticking on Surveyor for a second, did you like Steve Hansen saying that Surveyor is the closest to Lomu since Lomu? I think, I think he uh. actually... Did he actually say he's better than Lomu? I think he might have even said gone as far as saying that, yeah. Yeah, which is one hell of a statement. I don't think... Well, I don't think he's better than Lomu, as in, you know, the end product. But relatively, Rel- is he better? Relative makes things very interesting because Lomu was... Like looking at it now, he was so far ahead of his time. He's a time. game changer, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Imagine Lomu different... with the conditioning coaches and dietitians and fitness people that they have now. Yes. Yeah. yeah I think Sabaya, if he was around when Lomu was around, would probably be a bit better. But relatively, I don't think he's as good. Well, yeah. let's, let's stick at the rugby championship. It's, it's wrapped up. What have we learned? And we should, we should also say fair play, Argentina. Well done. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm really happy about that result. And we, we all made the call last week, actually. We all we said. Did. Argentina to win. The two things I've learned are don't fall asleep at halftime of the Argentina-Australia um, <laughs> game. And the second one is don't go out the night before your plane departs to Argentina. Those, <laughs> or those are my two life Get lessons. hammered on the plane to Argentina. Yeah, don't do that either. Don't, don't drink around international rugby. That's yeah. what, that'd be my What is it with lessons. the Aussies? They, uh, they love it. I mean, there's, there's the old David Boone, the cricketer, setting the, world, the record of the number of beers smashed between Australia and England in a flight for the Ashes. Isn't that like, like a standard... 48 or something. Isn't that like a standard challenge now for cricketers, though? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like, obviously the Aussie rugby players are, are getting on board as well. Yeah, if there was a sport that I would like to play professionally, it'd definitely be cricket. I don't even like cricket, but I'd love to play cricket professionally. <laughs> I've picked a team that says we would automatically assume that New Zealand in virtual area position would be the first choice. So let's have a look at uh, the other guys. Okay. So at fullback, shoot up between John de Villiers and uh, Matt Tumor. Tumua. Uh, Tumua. Tumua, sorry, yeah. Tumua. Yeah, de Villiers, is he not getting a bit old now? He's still good. He's got South two Africa tries did this last thing, week. Don't they? When they bring back really old players, two years before a World Cup or a year before a World Cup, hoping they'll still be the same player in two years' time. So, like, De Villiers, they seem to be still 
still under the impression that they can build a World Cup team around him and make him captain. Oh, and Matt Field. Matt, Matt Field. Yeah. I mean, they did the same with Smith's last World Cup. The World Cup before, they did it to Skinstad. Yeah. Well, I quite like about rugby is that they value experience quite a lot. You see quite a lot of old players who continue playing. Uh, and I and I think it's great. And it's one thing that annoys me a little bit about football is there's, there's this obsession with just get the young kids in, get the kids in. It's like, hold on a minute. You see Frank Lampard, 36, he goes and signs for City and he looks one of their best players. Yeah. It's like a, experience and age... You know, other countries seem to respect that a lot more than England. I quite like that in rugby we do respect uh, age. I think it's all about internationally just picking your best 15, r- regardless of age. Well, exactly. Well, so on then the age hand, isn't an issue. No. De Villiers is still playing well. But on the other hand, you get coaches like Stuart Lancaster um, and uh, Hank and Meyer who kind of almost refuse to pick kids. Like, no, Well, I think Lancaster's the other way. Really? Hey, let's Wait. talk about anyway. Lancaster in a minute. Phil, quickly, just rattle through your Championship 15 that's not New Zealanders. Falau, fullback. Manuel, yeah. Manuel Montero and Cornell Hendricks on the yeah. wings. I've uh, gone for Sir Fontaine and Tamua in the centres with Nicolas Sanchez at 10 Ooh. ahead of Andre Pollard because Andre had a bit of a shaky start. He's yeah. come good at the end. Nick White at 9. I would have had Ruin Pinar if he'd uh, yeah. played, played, Obviously, the, played the full, full soft him. So, Yeah. Uh, then back row... Vermeulen, who's been superb. Hooper, who's frequently been the best player on a losing team. Yep. And Scott Fardy, for Australia, did oh, a lot good. of, lot of uh, unseen yep. work. Good shout. Second row, Galazza, the big Argentinian boy. They're all yep. big. Uh, there's some big that's boys not, there. That's not a defining feature, I'm afraid. Um, and I've gone for Matt Field in the second row, who I think has been... I've been really impressed by, by him. Um, and then... An all Argentinian front row. Yes, of course it is. Of Ayerza, Creevy, and Herrera. Hell yeah. Creevy's yeah. a great player, isn't he? Scrum porn, as uh, Tim would say. Oh, absolutely. I feel like dusting off the uh, Barry White music. Oh, just <laughs> thinking about that Argentinian front row. Do you know what I love <clears throat> most about the Argentinian front row? I'm not sure if it's this time round or last time, but the Australians tried to collapse it because they're, they're dirty. <laughs> and uh, they just picked them they up. They literally bent from, like, from the hips and the shoulders touching the floor and they go, no Australia. No, they are not going down. And just destroyed them going backwards. <laughs> now, like that, children. That's doing 400 kilogram deadlifts. Yeah. That's when you can do <laughs> With that. With your neck. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so good. It's scrum porn. Uh, right, nice one. But, uh, surveyor player of the tournament and best player in the world at the minute. Uh, no. Certainly best, certainly best winger in the world, I think. Definitely not be- best player. You had some facts about Surveyor, didn't you? Um, well, it, it was going back to the Surveyor Lomu thing. Just on the, the tries, Surveyor has scored 27 tries in 27 tests. Oh, that's good. Which that's is very fact. good. Lomu, Lomu scored 37 tries, but in 63 tests. Fact. But interestingly, neither of them ever scored against South Africa. Is that right? Is that... Seriously? That is correct. Fact. That's an awesome fact. That's a, that's a double fact. fact. Wow. In the whole career today. Whole, whole career, neither of them have ever scored against South Africa. Lomu scored eight tries in seven games against England. Uh, uh, apparently the guy who's got the best try record against New Zealand is actually Christian Cullen, I think. For New Zealand against South Africa. For New Zealand. Yeah. For New Zealand against South Africa. Is oh. Wow. He was, there was a couple of years where he was just... Just like Lomu, he was un- like game-changing, un- like, this is the future. Yeah. Watching this guy is watching the future of rugby. He was unplayable. He was. I love it. 
Uh, right, I'll tell you what, we're going to come back because we touched on it for a second. We need to talk about that Stuart Lancaster contract and what we all think about the six-year deal that him and his fellow coaches have been handed by the RFE. We'll get to that straight after a quick game I've prepared of Rugby Social. So I like to keep my eye on Twitter. And by the way, you can find us at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. I like to keep my eye on Twitter at what some rugby professionals and commentators and whatnot are saying. And uh, I've got a little quiz where you have to try and guess what some of them have been talking about. The first one today comes from, and he was inducted into Banter Squad last week, General Jeb Sinclair uh, for his services to Banter, London Irish's back row, second row player. Oh, Oh, what's going on? Oh, yes, Helen, go Wasps, go, 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 go. We're watching the Sale Sharks Wasps game, by the way, if you missed that earlier. Just it's on oh. in the back, the second half in the background. This is try. Oh, you idiots! <laughs> Came to him a little bit late. You can't do that. Right, concentrate. Uh, it, was, it was National Vegetarian Day early this week. Oh, wow. Jeb Sinclair honoured that with a tweet. Did he say, well, he said one of the following, which one did he say? Did he say, for dinner, I'm smashing a quinoa salad with flaxseed for extra protein. I have a beard too. How hipster am I? <laughs> or did he say, I'm smashing four breasts for dinner in honour of National Vegetarian Day and I'm having some chicken. Lad, 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 lad. Or did he say, for dinner, I'm smashing a steak so rare the cow is going to make its last move on my fork in honour of National Vegetarian Day. <laughs> Which one do you reckon? Cow for me. Uh, I'm going to say cow as well, I think. Both right. Good work. Well done. Next one comes from James Haskell. Uh, Did he say, real men wear wellies, real men have English mustard, not French, or real men miss their team's plane? Uh, (laughs) Mustard. Uh, I'm going to say wellies. Phil? You're right. Oh! What is that? What is that? What's what? Is that Magnus Lund? He looks ludicrous. With his moustache and long (laughs) hair. It's so long. Yeah, it's like... What's her name? Daenerys Targaryen's hair. It's (laughs) ridiculous. Yeah, that is. I don't think doing a podcast with a game of rugby on in the background is best for our listeners. <laughs> you're, you're too easily distracted, Jay. I, yeah, I've never seen anything Final like question that. comes from David Flatman. Uh, David Flatman was tweeting about the inspiration for his shirt that he wore on BT Sport, which was described as an 80s throwback. Did he, get, did he use as his inspiration for the shirt Eddie Murphy from Beverly Hills Cop, <laughs> Steve Martin from Parenthood, or Dan Aykroyd from Ghostbusters? Steve Martin for me. Uh, I could go with Steve Martin to just try and tie the game, but I'm going to say he's a bit more like Dan Aykroyd from Ghostbusters. JB? No. Phil? It was Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. (laughs) Phil wins, though, this game of rugby social. Did I say? What did I say? It doesn't really matter. You were looking at the game, you weren't concentrating (laughs) anyway. Stuart Lancaster and his coaches have been offered or have been given and penned six-year deals, taking them through as England's head coaches and coaches till 2020. Good or bad? It's weird. Yeah. He was already contracted to after the World Cup, wasn't he? So is it really necessary? I mean... Yeah, it's like giving someone a bonus before they've hit any targets. Yeah. Yeah, I think of it like that. Well, I, I take a slightly different point of view. I, one thing I'm hoping is that, and this is what I wonder if it's part of the RFU's thinking, they're going, we need Stuart Lancaster to act with 
without any conservatism. If you remember the Martin Johnson era, those horrible defeats at Twickenham against Argentina and stuff like that, mm. and he picked players like Martin Corrie and... All, Jamie Noon. Jamie, concrete you, you hands. Know, I actually, I think it could be a genius move by the RFU because it could just unshackle... before. This is before he's picked his EPS squad. This is before he goes nah. into the Autumn Internationals. He might just go, right, let's go for it. Let's have a go. George Ford's in at 10 um, we're going to get these exciting young players. Jonathan Joseph, let's stick him in the centre. You know what I mean? It might actually mean he's less conservative. Well, if he wasn't going to do it anyway, he yeah. shouldn't really be the coach. I don't think it's going to change. Like, knowing Lancaster, or knowing how, he, how he's been coaching and the kind of uh, mentality he's trying to bring to the squad, I don't think it'll change that. I just think it's great if we do really well at the World Cup, which is, I, I think we've got to be aiming for final mm. or, or better, if we achieve that, then it's great. You want to have that succession plan in place, or not succession plan, but that future planning in place. But you can do that when we actually know what's going to happen at the World Cup. At the moment, it is just, it seems unnecessary. Now, a lot of people kind of questioned this on, on Twitter when it was announced the other day. And the RFU did kind of clarify it by saying that it, almost like there are outs. If there's performance related targets are not achieved, yeah. then there will be outs on, in, within the contract. Oh, that's okay. fair enough. But then, it, it, again, it goes back to the unnecessary point of view. And, Jay, you made the point uh, before when we were discussing this. Yeah. If if Lancaster does win the World Cup, then, obviously, there'll be uh, lots of people will want him, lots of other countries, other clubs. But does does anyone have the resources of, of, no. uh, of England? England, the no RFU, have to be the richest organisation within rugby. Yes, 100%. So I, who's going to get him? If, if I don't think Toulon are going to be that, that interested. And you know what? The biggest chance of him leaving England is if he does win a World Cup. Because why would he carry on? Well, yeah, end on a high. Yeah. He's been instrumental in bringing through a load of young players and it came after a regime. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for Martin Johnson. I hope he comes back and does do some coaching, Johnson, because he's a big asset. But I hope it, it does mean that he can keep overseeing that because we've just got a brilliant crop of under-20s in England that are uh, doing some great work. Wasps are five metres out. Oh, they need Haskell. They have to score now, don't they? <laughs> oh, lost it. Well done. No, got it back. Get DJ Bantos on. <laughs> Bosh! Oh, DJ Bantos. No, I, I think I, I've probably come across as quite negative talking about Lancaster there. And I like it like you, Tim. I think he's yeah. negative, though. I, I, no, I think he's done... I, I like the way he's taken England. I, like, I think it's all positive. But I just think the six-year deal is unnecessary. And who, the only person I can think of who's been offered a six-year deal recently as a coach who's that was David Moyes and look how <laughs> <laughs> look how that turned out he is um, uh, I think he's yeah. a very conservative choice he has taken over from an absolutely shambolic state of affairs Wales yeah, and, he's, and, he's, and we've got a bit more and there's a bit of stability and that's what I think is good about it we're going right you know what let's, let's do this and it's a long term approach because it doesn't change overnight I don't think it's as promising as, as everyone thinks all I do know is that um, there. this is some audio I have from the moment that the news of Stuart Lancaster's six-year deal uh, broke in the south of France. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, uh, this, that was in the Toulon changing room where Stefan oh, Armitage was playing some Stephane. tunes. Yeah. He's in such a terrible situation. Well, he's in a great situation. No, he's in a brilliant situation. He's but, playing in one of the best teams in the world with some of the best players ever in the south of France, being paid a fortune to play yeah, the sport he loves. But if, if I mean, for me, that's great, but you're an old romantic, Tim, and yeah. you're all about, you should, you know, want to play for your national team yeah. and this and the other. The base, I mean, if you were in his situation and they started, you know, uh, t- uh, pulling at the heartstrings, you're basically saying, 
give up your great career in Toulon and your wonderful life and everything which you've settled for just to come back and play in I don't know, Newcastle so you, so you can get uh, picked for England. I don't think it's a good situation at if, all. If you want to win the World Cup. Yeah, if you want to win the World that's, Cup. That's what you've got to do. <laughs> right, OK, listen, well, there's another coaching regime we need to talk about. Ooh. Leicester. Uh, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Let's talk about a little bit more rugby. So we, we sort of put Bath Saracens to bed a little bit. Oh, incidentally, on the Bath Saracens game, can I just say, what is BT Sport's obsession with Bruce Craig? He's all, well, <laughs> no, we, no other owner of a club gets as much airtime as him. Me and Phil were talk, talking about this this morning, and I said I wish I could be a bit more like Bruce, Bruce Craig and a little bit less like JB. I think he's so <laughs> cool. And we were saying, who are the two coolest owners? And they're Bruce Craig and they're... Bougerly. Exactly. Yeah, and they get so much airtime, you're right. Do, do you know why? Why? Because they're both quintessentially British and French. Mm, yeah. How British is Bruce Craig? Oh, he's so British. Yeah. And how French is Bougerly? Yeah. Like the, the temperament, exactly. shooting from the hip. It's just, I, I think Bruce Craig as well is very influential in Premiership Rugby on the business side. He's in, in, incredibly switched on. He's a really good figurehead for Bath. Mm. Yeah, agreed. And also, he's like I like the quintessentially Britishness has meant that, as we pointed out last week, a northern lad from Oldham is wearing a vintage-style bath blazer. I am glad like that Ford. you pointed that out, because I was scratching my head thinking, if he ever goes back to Oldham, this, they're not going to recognise him. Um, but... I just I, no next no right no next week Mike Ford loving the Bath Blazer because we need a little um, hanky well, little po- pocket, pocket square pocket square. Let, let me tell you tell you this, which is remember last year when Hartley was injured, then it kept on cutting to Hartley and it looked, he looked like a hipster with his thick rim glasses. Yeah, and then he had his uh, his shirt buttoned up to, to the top, and then I noticed there's another one, and then I realised that Northampton have like a, a sartorial sponsor. And they dress them in that certain way. Bath do the same thing because when they're in the huddle, there's three or four guys wearing mustard trousers. I was like, I didn't think that I could like Bath anymore. I do now. <laughs> I do now. Mustard trousers and blazers. It's a great look. It's your perfect look, Jay. I'm not brave enough to wear mustard trousers. Right. My uh, my brother sent me a text earlier today, and I thought I wanted to read it out. And I haven't told you this one, but I thought you quite like it. So Nick was not playing for London Irish. He's injured. He's got a shoulder injury. Had had an operation and stuff, so he's on the mend. Uh, but he said. I got stopped by a Saints fan and an Irish fan yesterday saying they listen to your pod and how much they love it. So I, love the, <laughs> yeah. so I just love the fact that people are stopping my brother. This is the, this is the first time it's happened for years because I've always been, oh, I'm Nick Rouse's brother. Oh, you're Nick Rouse's brother. Now it's actually, yeah. you're the brother of the guy that does the Egg Chasers podcast. I hear you play a bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there was that part of it which I liked. And also he said, um, I thought I'd let you know too. They asked me, is J- they both asked me separately. So an Irish fan and a Saints fan stopped him at separate times and they both basically said, is JB really the way he is on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> or is that put on? <laughs> uh, yeah, we can pull back the curtain and confirm that he is exactly like that all I, the time. I spend, <laughs> I spend 10% of my week probably doing egg chases and the other 90% fending off messages from, twi- from Tim about tweets which I put onto Twitter so I can confirm it, it, isn't, it isn't put on it's what? like I've, I've already got two kids it's like having a third kid with you <laughs> watching, watching the bath game on Friday night with Jay especially when Gavin Henson was playing <laughs> it was oh god it was, Did it you was see? a chore L- listen every single time Gav gets the ball go on Gav go on Gav he's got the ball oh yes he's putting Rocky did, Dagoon in did, his face did you see him put Rocky Dagoon in his face <laughs> did, did you watch the game Tim <laughs> he gave Rocky Dagoon a two yard pass in the corner five yards from touch in his own 22 made space and Dagoon yeah. goes like 60 yards and it was yeah Rocky Dagoon runs 60 yards breaks through two tackles oh great great pass from Gav great <laughs> pass from Gav yeah. 
The, the only people better at putting, putting men into space is NASA. <laughs> <laughs> so the answer is, for those two fans, one Irish one and one Saints fan, and anyone else that wonders, he's, this is not put on for show. This is JB is exactly as he sounds, and it's basically mine and Phil's job, as much as talking about rugby ourselves, to rein in mm. JB and stop him from saying anything too defamatory that might get us in the Daily Mail. <laughs> hey, oh. well, we got... Um, I wouldn't say we got Jeb Sinclair into trouble because we didn't but someone did pick up on our interview didn't they they did yes no the um the the berkshire whatever reading local berkshire paper um quoted our interview with jeb sinclair talking about the incident between irish and leicester the blair cow and punch mm. and you know richard cockrell being up in arms and it wasn't oh, a yellow richard card cockrell does do you know what incidentally <laughs> I, I i've been heartened by how many people have been saying, and there was a brilliant article in the rugby paper today, so it's the 5th mm. of October as I'm, as I'm talking, uh, about basically saying, yeah, do you know what? Ref got it absolutely spot on. It's not an automatic yellow card for a punch. There's the sanctions start with a penalty for a punch. Depending on severity, it then is a yellow or a red. It was a rubbish punch. Uh, now, while we're on the subject of contentious laws and refereeing decisions and such... What I'm about to play you now is a little clip of something that happened when the microphones just happened to be open before we started recording the podcast. This was in the first half of Sale Against Wasps, and it's when Will Hellu got a yellow card for coming into contact with Tom Brady, the Sale Sharks winger who was catching a high ball. So what you're going to hear is our honest, unbridled reaction as we were watching the game on the telly, as I say, with the microphones that just happened to be open. A tackle on Tom Brady who was in the air catching a ball. This was our reaction when it happened. Oh my goodness! Yes, oh, okay. I mean, I, I rate Luke as a, as a referee. Oh, well done, well done. That is minimal contact. If I mean, if that deserves a yellow card, then the game's finished. Jumped across him from his blind spot and Say, hit him in the face. Let the boys play. Let the boys play. I'm not actually saying it myself. What can he do? He's looking at the ball. Oh, he came down on his foot. Yeah, that's not dangerous. He landed on his foot. Look, where's the danger except for his arse on Will Hallel's oh head? Yeah, I, yeah it's gone too far. It has, I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you, Jay. Thank you. He's landed on his feet. <laughs> so painful. I'm always right. And it takes so long for everyone to get on board. But when they do, <laughs> when they do, it's a good feeling, I guess. Uh, it's Rubbish, isn't it? They may as well. Let's, let's see what Ben Kay and Hugo are saying. If the, you've got a duty of care, if that happens, it's an automatic yellow card. If he lands on it, what is it if he care, lands on his head, it? it's a red. Well, this is one of the game's hot topics at the moment. Right, what you just heard there, as I said, was um, a little clip of us watching Sale v Wasps. The microphones happened to be up because we were just getting ready to start recording the podcast, and it caught us and our honest reactions to that event. Something has got to be done about these laws around wow. catching in the air because it's it's gone too far it's... Jared Payne the Ulster red card last year I get it because that could have been a serious uh, injury well, then this it... however it's just this it's got it's got ridiculous yeah uh, Brady who took the ball the first th- part of his body that touched the floor was his feet so how can that be dangerous he, well, l- he landed on his feet and then turn, could turn an ankle as a juice of care. <laughs> <laughs> if you, oh, just, yeah. don't, just don't play the game. If you, if you, just don't play the game. That's what I'd say. Let oh, Christian Wade. Oh, wow. Thanks, Tim. How did he get... Sorry, JB. How Thanks, did Tim. he get through that? Tim has stopped me Christian watching Wade. the game. I'll, t- I'll turn it round so you can see that. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. <laughs> Cheers, mate. I've <laughs> <laughs> been watching this game and Tim turns it around and Christian Wade does that. Wonderful. It's like uh, just squirmed his way through a tackle. How has he done that? 
Two two players have got hold of him there. That's poor. Great, great strength, though. Oh well. So, so what? So what were we saying? Um, the, the the tackle. Um, well, just coming back. Just coming back a second. Um, Luke Pierce, right, is, is one of the Premiership referees. Yeah. Very young chap. Mm-hmm. He's got the job. Very young. Very promising. I don't know what level he played at. But is there a? I mean, there was a, an interesting piece about Carl Dixon looking to become a professional referee, and as Glenn Jackson has already made the grade professional player to professional referee. Is it? Do, do you think there's an argument that, that just it just seemed like the referee was out of touch and was like had a law book in his mind, not the sympathetic feeling for the game. Well, these rules aren't coming from people that like rugby. They're not coming to benefit people that like rugby. They're coming in order to try and expand the game and. They're trying to do things like get rid of the punching, get rid of the violence, so mothers will send their child, send their children down to rugby clubs. Sounds ridiculous, but that's effectively what they're doing. They're trying to make rugby appeal to people it doesn't appeal to. And what they'll end up doing is it'll be so dull and so bland, it will appeal to nobody. So it's not really the fault of the referees, because if they don't carry out their jobs to the letter of the law or whatever diktat has come down from up high they just won't ref well and, and looking at it from Richard Cockrell has come out again and continue I mean I, I disagree with him wholeheartedly about the Blair Cow and Yellow Card London Irish I didn't think it was a yellow card it was a bad punch hardly connected it was a penalty um, but he came out and said there's now an incentive for players to die. that is like Richard Cockrell putting a gun to our head and saying uh, if you don't give me what I want, I'm going to try and ruin rugby by having di- diving players. Why does he keep on being so idiotic? Because well, he's, because he's under pressure and his team are losing, and they I, lost out on a tight match. Well, he uh, just mouths off constantly. I I do have a little bit of sympathy for him in that in that situation because there was I don't know if you saw it there was like a, an RFU guideline announced this week to say that um, it should be considered on the kind of effects of the punch. So if a punch is thrown and everyone's fine, yeah, it's a penalty, everyone walks away. If someone's knocked to the ground or knocked out or whatever, then it should be a yellow card or red card, depending on the severity. <laughs> well, let's just remember, let's just remember Chris, Chris Ashton <laughs> did not go down in that punch from Manny <laughs> Tuolangi. Yeah, that was definitely a yellow card, at least. Um, but that does actually kind of incent- almost incentivise diving. If you're saying that, the the more severe the damage from a punch is, it, if you get punched, it's like well, well even if it doesn't, yeah, not, but it incentivizes it if you're a if, dis- you're, if you're yeah. a dishonest player or if winning means more to you than your own pr- your own in pride yeah. and integrity. Yes, and if you if you're if you're if you're a player who who doesn't care about your own reputation, integrity, and your own personal pride, then yeah, it's going to expose players who don't have personal pride, don't have integrity. But by just bringing this up, basically Cockrell has made it an option now. Well, he shouldn't, he should never, never even brought up diving. Because he's like, well, we'll just dive then. You know, if you're not going to give us what we want, we'll just dive. (laughs) He's he's like a little girl. Yeah, (laughs) you can understand, he must be under so much pressure. Let's just talk about Leicester for a minute, because again, they got a big thumping by Gloucester. I know. Yeah, the the scoreline doesn't actually look that bad, or it doesn't look as bad as it was, because they scored a last-minute try, Mm. Leicester. Mm. It was pretty bad. Was it? It was one-way traffic well, the, I the went, whole game. Well, I picked Gloucester to win this. And one of, my th- one of my theories was that Gloucester haven't looked too good because they're a new team starting to gel. And midweek, people were saying, oh, yeah, but you know, Leicester have got a few players coming back. But the players they've got back have never played together. So they're effectively <laughs> where Gloucester were three weeks ago. Yeah. You know, yeah, and I, I'm not surprised that they lost. I don't, think he, I don't think he'll be feeling much pressure from the board or anything like that, because A, he's got a long contract, but B, I think they do appreciate he has got a lot of injuries. 
Yes. If if we were in the bo- bo- a Leicester boardroom meeting Monday morning after that Gloucester defeat, right? So you know, I'll be Peter Wheeler, the chairman. Mm-hmm. I'll go, okay, and you're you're the directors, right, guys? Um, another loss, not looking good. That's not our fault. That's, uh, no, our, no, that's the first thing I'd let's say. Let's imagine Richard Cocker's <laughs> not. <laughs> Uh, what would you do if they were going right? We, we might not. Let's just put it on the table for a second. Richard Cockrell is he the right man for the, to be the boss at Leicester? Is there anyone else that would do a better job? Is Richard Cockrell failing, or is what's going on? Well, here's the other thing. Now, you may you you may be aware that I like the NFL, but in the NFL, there's basically two two functions of uh, of the team winning, and the first function belongs to the coach who coaches them up, Richard Cockrell's job. And the second function, which you don't see over in British sport at all, is the uh, the guy who selects the team, the general manager. So he'll select all the players for the coach to coach up, a uh, director of football, director of rugby, that kind of thing. So whoever's bringing in these players, because in the NFL, if you've got a, a if you've got a roster which is very very badly injured continuously, you'd say, well, why are we paying money for players that that are, that are constantly injury prone? Some of which you can't predict. No, you can't. But you know, if- but you don't stop playing someone if you've signed a contract. And you say you don't just suddenly go, oh, well, you're injured, we're not paying you anymore. Well, it's like Gavin Henson at Bath. So Gavin Henson's, the biggest problem with his career is the fact that he was always playing a lot because he's paid a lot uh, and therefore he was injured a lot. Now he's not getting paid so much and they've selected him in the correct way and he doesn't have to play. He's, he's now playing well intermittently and that's how you build, build up the team. Does that make sense? No, no, no. It, it, it totally does make sense. But just to go back to the question: Is Richard Cockrell failing? Are, we, are you basically saying depends no? Depends if he brings in brings in the players. If he's responsible for bringing in those players, yes, he is. I, I, I would say no. You, you asked the question: Is Richard Cockrell the best man for the job? I think he's a good director of rugby. I think all round he's good. I think at the moment he's kind of very hard done by by injuries, and to have twenty plus of your first team squad currently injured, and to have virtually every match this season someone drop out in the warm-up. Yeah. Like, uh, Bay dropped out from inside centre. He was supposed to play. He dropped out in the warm-up. So Williams had to move to 12, which meant Freddie Byrne comes in, which meant Sam Harrison comes on and off the bench. <laughs> <laughs> is there something... It's a tough one. Is there something culturally... culturally going on at Leicester Tigers because it's not just this season they had massive injury problems it was last, last season, season as well is there maybe something in the training in the rehab they're doing I don't know well interestingly we had a little chat with Saracen's prop uh, what's his name uh, uh, no, uh, nope <laughs> Petrus Petrus Duplessis sorry Para Para yeah. and he was saying it is all about strength and conditioning and the guys in Saracen's um, you know will what, what are you saying that he'll put they'll pull them out of training if they think they're going too hard and they strengthen particular parts? It's, and... it's a preemptive injury prediction. Yeah. So they'll they'll look at the way they're running, they'll look at their heart rate and like uh, their flexibility and and strength Do tests. Try T.O.Y. Try time, Brady in the Tom corner. Brady's in. That's a great finish there, but that all just comes. Wow, a win for Sale Sharks. Yeah. Yeah, so, so so Saracens are very very. They monitor any indicators of injury, even down to heart rate. Yeah, they have the heart rate monitors and the GPS monitors, and they'll get all the information on even how far they're running in training and that kind of thing, and either tell them they need to be putting more effort in or less effort in if they're constantly on the edge of that like heart rate um, boundary. Leicester does have a sort of vibe, and Richard Cockerell does have a kind of vibe of being a spit and sawdust kind of old, school, old school man. I mean, they, they take they they pride themselves very much on the dust ups they have in training and the big physical Bosch sessions that they have. Um, could it be? 
Could it be part of it? Um, he has come. He's been asked that question because quite a few people, obviously. But he loves that question. Mute, doesn't he? Uh, Bay answers it really well. <laughs> no, he's obviously very strongly against that because, well, yeah, a lot of people have said that they're so far above any team in terms of injuries for the past two seasons. Like there must be something. There's so many factors to consider, like tr- like the weights they do, like the the training they do out on the pitch. Oh, was that forward? Sorry to interrupt. Was that tr- was that a forward pass? I think that went forward. Sorry, it's the Tom Brady try. Yeah. Look, look, he takes a five-meter scrum. I so think Johnny Leota's in front of him. And then Johnny the, Leota's in front forward? of him. That's forward. That is forward. Oh. That's forward. That's a penalty as well. Oh yeah. Not just a knock-on. Yeah. That's a penalty. He's offside. I think you're right there. Four minutes left, and still could be won by Wasps. Well, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that game. Yeah. He's given it. the try. Wow. Letting the boys play, I guess. Was that, uh, Johnny Leota was stood in front of that the guy that, that he like... got the ball from. Was that a TMO decision, though? Or yeah. was that just BT replaying it? No, that was TMO. TMO decision. Wow. Well, there you go. Well, that's the, that is the game. I'm all for uh, giving the benefit of the doubt to the attacking team, but that really looked like it went that forward. It's a bit dodgy, that. Yeah. I just When I look at Richard Cockrell now, I just see one of those... NSPCC adverts like some appeal (laughs) this is Richard Richard used to get a shiny new trophy every year (laughs) he won't get a trophy this season and maybe never again none of the best talent want to come to him anymore a donation of just £5 a month could help Richard build a new hospital for his wounded players (laughs) it'll also help buy a new front row more than anything, it will give Richard the funds to buy something from the trophy shop down the road to line his mantelpiece. Looking forward. Poor Richard Cockrell. Wow. Yeah. I we, feel for the fella. This is a real appeal. I think we need to get wristbands made. <laughs> Just £5 a month. It seems like a bargain. How funny would that be um, if we went to a Leicester game... Because we're going to be going to the European match. Yeah, we are. Ulster. We? Can and you Phil as an Ulster fan, if you if we made a Richard Cockrell wristband and started selling them. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do think Leicester's first 15, if they get everyone fit, is one of the best in the league. Very they, competitive. They, can, they can match anyone. Right right up there with, I'd, I'd say, Bath, Saracens and, and Northampton as the best three 15s. But where they're at the, at the moment is just so, so weak right across the board. They look weak, don't they? They're squad players coming in, and it's okay having two or three squad players if the, the rest of your team's there. But you're all new squad players as I'm well. Quite impressed. I'm players. quite impressed with that many first-team players out that they actually field a team <laughs> no. at all. I'm sure there's some clubs that would actually have to dip into the academy and won't be able to put anyone out. Let's talk about another club that's um, got some controversy raging at the minute. I'm going to play this music. Because Wasps could be on the move. Oh, yes. To Coventry. Now, the club have come out and made a statement, and the last that they've said on it is, uh, we're sorry we can't make any more statement beyond what we've already said. Pretty <laughs> much. saying they're sorry they can't make a statement. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what they did. But wow. pretty much, it's done. The deal is done. Wow. Uh, that's what I understand. Well, pretty much. And there's, a, there's an 11th hour effort by the fans of the club to try and stop this from happening there's a, there's a petition been offered and we've been invited egg chasers we got tweeted and the guys from wasps said please sign this petition to keep wasps where they are hmm. and not move them up the road to coventry this is interesting because i don't i mean i'm not a wasps fan so i can't really relate to, relate to them they're not from high wickham anyway so it's not like that's where their fan base is or am i wrong 
No, they're from like Surrey, isn't it? Or just the London borders of southwest London, like the borders of Surrey. That's where their yeah, training ground is, of, I thought. Weren't wasps the precursors of harlequins? Harlequins came from wasps, or wasps came from harlequins? Uh, something along those lines, yeah. Yeah. So they're not from High Wycombe. Uh, and Coventry's not a bad move, is it? I mean, Coventry is a big rugby town in its own right. Is it? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. In, back in the day, in the they were one days, of the big. They I'm, were one of the big powerhouses. I know. I know. I'm aware of that. But same as like Waterloo, one of the big powerhouses, and, and like Preston back in the day mm. were were both yeah, of those maybe. had big international players playing for them. They're not. You wouldn't consider those like Waterloo, Liverpool, and, and Preston as big rugby. Well, I'll put areas, it like, mm, that's a good point. Would you sign the petition? We've been offered. We've been invited to sign yeah. the petition. Would you sign the petition of with the Wasp fans to keep it in Wasps? Um, I, I don't think I would, purely because their business model at the moment isn't working. And I, I, just from a from a very pragmatic point of view, you got to get the fans through the door. You got to have a full stadium. You got to be selling tickets, selling shirts, and all that. If they're the people who are in charge are looking at it and saying it's not, it's simply not working as it stands, then they've got mm. to look to do something else. And while I don't think moving to Coventry is a great solution, it might be slightly better than what they're doing at the moment. I just, I just can't believe there's nowhere in the M25, that nowhere else that they can go. Somewhere, a stadium within central London or within, certainly within that area. Is it, is, it the cost, yeah. is it the cost of doing that? I think Coventry's a good idea. Uh, you know, the Midlands is, is the heartland of, of rugby, Leicester, Northampton. Coventry has got... Um, an interest in it, and yeah. they've got they can renew acquaintances with uh, what used to be per temp bees now. <laughs> Birmingham, <laughs> Birmingham Solihull, who they yeah. were beaten by in the cup a few years ago. Yeah, that's a that was a historic match for for per temp bees as they were. Um, well, I, I I kind of with Phil. I'm like, where well, where else is there? And I know London Irish. It's there's, there's strong rumours. I don't even know if it might be fact that they're moving to Brentford with the redeveloped Brent, Brentford Stadium. Well, it's right. just it's just on the M4. Just it's not far from their training ground and where they're historic heartland is so I, I feel sorry for fans of Wasps who followed them for a while if their club is up to move well, but, I mean, but, but then again I know that JB is a massive fan of NFL as I, am I and this is kind of like a, it's quite alien to English sporting fans but this is normal stuff in America isn't it because this sort of thing in the NFL would happen well it's happened twice in the NFL oh, hang on, no it's happened loads of times it's happened to the Browns happened to the Colts happened to the Rams happened to the Raiders over 50 years yeah so the when when we were young when we were little kids and when people were younger back in the 90s and whatever the the Raiders were in Los Angeles then they moved to Oakland yep and the Ravens the the Ravens Ravens were set up because the Baltimore Colts Colts moved to Indianapolis Indianapolis. and the Ravens came in and then but then there's all sorts of teams that have moved around, doesn't there? Cleveland moved to Baltimore, and the Rams. The, Ra- the Rams were LA, and then St. Louis. Yeah. So there's, uh, there's a bunch of times that I've got a quick trivia question for you. Yeah, why are the LA Lakers called the LA Lakers? Are there no lakes in LA? Is that the no, question? No, there are no lakes in LA. <laughs> Is that why? No, no, oh, right. it's because they're originally from uh, Minnesota, where there are lakes. <laughs> so they've kept the name Lakers. <laughs> I was going to say because the Baltimore Colts was that was because there was big horse breeding and is that right? Uh, well, I'm assuming so. No, the Colts, the Colts, yeah, the horse. It was awesome. a big, it's big. You know, it's the sort of place you would have wanted to take Gavin Henson and Jack Berger That's right. <laughs> up a mountain on on, on horseback, bareback, and pit, pitch a tent. <laughs> Goodness uh, meet him. <laughs> but. Uh, 
Yeah, so it's kind of normal in America model. They go where the fans are and where the best facilities are. And in America, they basically say to the local councils, right, having having an NFL franchise here means you get a massive boost to your local economy. We want a good stadium. We want good transport. There's only one road in and out of that Wasp Stadium. It's a blimmin' nightmare to get to and get out Is of. It? Massive traffic problems. Now, if they actually said to High Wycombe, you want to keep us, make it more accessible, help fund us or help promote us, make that stadium with Wycombe Wanderers a bit more, um, a bit better for I rugby. I suppose the sad thing would be if they do move and in the 35-seater stadium they have five fans. Yeah. You know, that is no good. Look at Sale. I mean, you know BT Sport are a great organisation by the fact that on some shots it looks like there are fans in the stadium. Um, <laughs> you, know, you don't want that for Wasps because they, they, they do have a following. So yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not going to sign it, but I would recommend that anyone who wants to sign it go to the uh, If, if anyone who, who actually goes and watches them now, sign it, yeah. definitely. People who are making use of it. Um, but yeah, I'm... We've got to find a business model that works. The grass is sometimes greener, and I appreciate. Yeah. Like, I know what you're saying. Like the, the business model's not working; they're losing money. That eventually, if they stay where they are, eventually, they will. They won't be able to sustain what they're doing currently, which is why they're looking at alternatives. And you suppose you sort of have to go. Well, that's that's good in a way that they're looking. But look at Sale Sharks. They moved to this purpose-built new stadium to share with Salford Reds, um, thinking it was the next step on the evolution of sales charts to step them up to the next level. Let's move out of this old battered up football stadium in Stockport. Their attendances have been dreadful. And I like the Stockport stadium and I like the old, in fact, the old Salford City Red stadium was one of my favourites after Bath. Um, but Sale, the, the Salford stadium in now is about five miles away from Sale. Yeah. Co- Coventry is a hundred miles from London. Is it? It's just that kind of region. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, you wouldn't travel to watch a game. I think it's, it'd, be a, it'd be a tough, tough journey. It'd be an, an hour and fifteen minutes, maybe on a train. It's it's a long way to have that as your first option, isn't it? Good luck with your attempts to try and thwart it, um, Wasps fans. Oh, sorry, I'm just t- I'm certainly turned onto the reverb. Good luck <laughs> uh, trying to thwart it, but um, yeah, now, I don't know. I think it might I've be got, a done deal. I have a question for you. Yeah, it's half time during the Exeter game. If you were going to guess who scored tries for Exeter. Who do you think it would be? Toot, toot. Correct. <laughs> Another one in the bag. Awesome. Uh, and so is Ben White, and so has Henry Slade. Fifteen fourteen. So Slade seems to be missing his kicks. Fifteen fourteen. Ooh. So uh, on that one, we've been in conversations with um, the match announcer for Exeter Chiefs. Put in touch by Fatty Matty, who's a Exeter Chiefs fan. He he got in touch with the as we asked on the last podcast. He got in touch with the match announcer at Exeter, who is researching our podcast for our idea of having the diesel truck noise whenever <laughs> Thomas Waldrum is running at uh, I, Sandy Park. So it, we'll wait and see whether that one comes off. Keep an eye out for that if, if you're an Exeter fan or it's on telly or whatever the next time. It could well happen. This this We have a track record of changing things in we, the world of we, rugby. We changed the world, yeah, exactly. We changed captains wearing boots in promotional pre-season shots. Big they all change. used to wear trainers. We made a massive deal of it. You got you got on board with us and it changed. And, and the Premiership and other leagues all wore boots. We do change things. We make a difference. Exactly. It's nice to know, isn't it? So, yeah, I think um, they will have installed that um, diesel horn because he scored four minutes into the game. Oh, yes. <laughs> so let's get into next week's games then and looking ahead. And let's start with the Pro 12. And what... Firstly, I mean, we should have mentioned this earlier because a big result. JB's wearing a Munster shirt currently. Oh, I am. Mean, yeah, I got it for uh, £10 somewhere. 
<laughs> Some irrelevant just, detail, just yeah, being added yeah, there. I'm not a Munster fan, in case you want to. That's wondering. a uh, backhanded compliment, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I got a Munster shirt. Because <laughs> you like the the province? No, it's just yeah, a tenner. Really, yeah. And you're not wearing it to support Munster after their very, very good victory last weekend at Leinster. Wow. What, what, last what weekend, is, yesterday. This Pro 12 is just, it's just the most open league. Um, yeah, unpredictable. Oh, and congratulations, Phil. Is that your first win as an Ulster fan? No. no we've, only, we've only lost one game since what? I've been I, a fan. I, 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 it was just they I lost to It's just they lost to Zebra. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was a high-profile defeat. Oh, sorry, congratulations on your first nilling. Uh, yes. That's yes, thank you. Thank Softum. You. Yeah, it's good game as well. Tri- two tries for Andrew Trimble. I noticed that good. it wasn't really your pick of the week, so that's uh, it's awkward, isn't it? Um, I, I'd like to give him special mention every week, but I'm trying to do it alternate weeks, just sort of not to show a, a ridiculous bias. Wise. Oh, Sunday, four o'clock, Scarlets versus Newport Gwent Dragons. So oh, let's get it on. So we can actually watch that. Oh, it's on S4. Have you ever watched S4C? It's so tin pot. <laughs> I, I have watched. Round around. That's sort of like one of their. Uh, <laughs> I think that's uh, like soap opera or something. It's all filmed. Oh, never mind. Well, let's. Um... Let's talk about the Pro 12 there. And that was a great result for, for Munster. I mean, Leinster will point to the fact they've got two of their front line, but well, they're two, let's say they're two best players are both uh, out on long term injuries, out for most of the season. Yeah, it's a huge, huge blow. Keen Healy and Sean O'Brien. That, yeah. that is most of their ball carrying ability. Yes. So, mind you, aren't, aren't the backup Irish props still Leinster? Um, yes, but. Um... It's not Keen it's not Church, not DJ Church. It's not, is it? And it's not Guns O'Brien. And uh, one of them's injured at the moment. Uh, the one that looks like our friend Pedder is, oh, is, yes. is currently injured. <laughs> Him, <laughs> Moore, is injured. But yeah, they've still got Mike Ross and Jack McGrath who started, who are both Irish internationals, mm. um, and Sean Cronin who started in the front row. So, oh, sorry, can I just mention something? You, mind, you said Cronin then. I, re- I remember this has brought something back to me because, of course, we mentioned, didn't we, that Tommy Bow has got a line of shoes. He does. And th- there's a type of shoe called the Sexton, but also the Cronin. Yes. Now, I found a rugby player, or I didn't find he found us, or whichever way you want, who also has an alternative business to rugby. I think I know what you're going to say. Do you know what I'll, I'll oh, say? I saw the tweets that you were backing and forthing. The direct messages. Yeah. Did you know that Monaghan, the winger... Shane Monaghan, yeah. yeah from Gloucester, Gloucester. Winger. Is a very talented artist. He is. <laughs> Some interesting portraits of... Um, Hibbard. Now, black and white. I'm going to give you some tips now, Mr. Monaghan, which is if you're going to draw people, draw people like, let's let's think of someone. Um, um, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> uh, give me some more. Um, uh, Shakira. Yeah. <laughs> Shakira. Well done, Tim. Really on the edge of pop culture. Timely reference. Um, not Hibbard. Even with your talent. Maggie you... Alfonsi. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I, I, I think I'd prefer to see Hibbard. Hibbard. Uh, that, that's how talented he is. Oh, for, J, for JB, Gavin Henson and Jack Berger. Oh, yes, do that. Do that, please. What would you do? You'd. The ideal picture would be Gavin Henson just after releasing the past to put Rocket Union into space. No, as Jack Berger smashes him. You know that. You know that classic picture of like, um, is it God on a cloud and then reaching with the finger <laughs> with the fingertip touching someone else? It's like one of them Gavin and one of them uh, Jack. Yeah. But um, yeah, his stuff's awesome. So if if you want some portraits done, go and have a look at his website. There you go. Nice one, Shane Monahan. That's uh, so Pro Twelve. Let's get into the fixtures for this week ahead. Uh, right, so Munster Scarlets. 
Um, you're going to have to go for Munster, aren't you? I've got no idea. Yeah, why not? Um, <laughs> Connor uh, Treviso. Connor will be. They'll win that. They'll be gutted. They threw away that yeah. lead against Cardiff. They were looking so good, and then just threw it away at the end. Twenty-four all. It finished. Yep. yep. So, so they'll be. They'll be Treviso. Yeah, yeah. You'd expect Treviso have been probably the weakest team in the tournament so far. That's, That's Friday. There's Friday's matches and uh, Edin- Saturday. So Edinburgh, Newport. Now Edinburgh, they got comfortably beaten by Ulster. They're not a great team. But the dragons are not. Yeah. I've unleashed the dragons! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always makes me laugh. Uh, so any you look at you. So, um, Edinburgh, dragons, right, okay. Um, who wants to guess? I'll go for Edinburgh. Right, done. Edinburgh, done. Uh, Zeba, Leinster. Leinster will bounce back and win. Well, well man, I'm not sure about that. So, the only team that's unbeaten in the Pro 12 is Ospreys, who travelled to Zeba this weekend, just gone. And they only won by a single point. It's true. Zebra are a good team at home as well. Yeah, at home it's a tough place to go. I, I do think I do think they should still Leinster should still have enough to beat them. But it's not just the you used to ben be able Musker to say. Plays for Zebra, doesn't he? I think both of them do. Yeah, do they? They're the only players that I know. There, Ulster, Glasgow, Ravenhill. Sorry, Kingspan Stadium. Kingspan. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's second and third in the league. Both level on eighteen points at the moment. Good. It's about this time of year. You should think about insulation for your cavities to keep the cold weather out. <laughs> Kingspan. Which is ironic, isn't it, that they do cavity and insulation and draft proofing when Ulster's ground is the windiest in the world. <laughs> I mean, could they not do something about that? I don't know. Um, this is a great matchup. I'm going to back Phil's men. Yes. I, know, I know he'll be wearing his Ulster shirt. I think they're going to do this, the business. That, we, we should watch this one. It's five past five kickoff televised game. That Saturday might be evening. interesting, actually. I'm yeah. going to give you that. I'll watch that. that. Although it's the, grand, it's the rugby league grand final as well, so we'll have to have a double screen. Two screen. That's on Saturday. Saturday night, yeah. And the last one is Ospreys versus Cardiff. I mean, an all Welsh affair. Let's just talk a little bit about Ospreys. So they're unbeaten. They are. They've got very few players that I know or or or, um, or recognise outside of their Welsh in- internationals, and yet they're unbeaten. And doesn't this, in a way, tell you everything you need to know about the Pro Twelve? That a bunch of kids in an empty stadium are <laughs> winning this league. And the two powers, traditionally, Leinster and Munster, I think are at sixes and sevens. They'll come through. No, they'll, they'll come, come back. Through. They, will. they will. But this is the year that everyone is meant to be competitive. And if they were all being competitive, they expect Munster and Leinster to be running away with every game that they played. What we got to remember, and how do you approach it if you're, say, a team like Leinster, when you know you've got European Champions Cup the next week, do you rest up some of your big names for fear of getting injuries? Or do you go, no, we've got to send a full-strength team to Zebra? This next selection of teams will indicate where the Pro 12 is at. Yeah, you're quite right. Because in the past, they would have just rested, well, virtually their entire squad and put out the full-strength squad for the week after in the the Heineken Cup. Um, It it will be very interesting to see what they do there, Mm -hmm. especially given that in the last two weeks, Zebra have beaten Ulster and then only lost by a point to, to Ospreys. Yep. Uh, How can you not back Ospreys? Ospreys, Ospreys, Ospreys at home. Yeah, they're still unbeaten and they should continue that. Into the Premiership. Hooray, rugby! <laughs> right. <laughs> Friday Night Lights, Leicester Harlequins. Oh, God, where do you go with this? I mean, if Leicester get enough players back. I need to see the matchups. I don't know. Yeah. Again, you have to reserve judgment until, <sighs> until you actually see the team sheet and then reserve it again until you see how many players 
on Leicester's team sheet actually make it onto the pitch. Here's my new way of picking games now. And you two tell me if I'm wrong, wrong or right on this, which is start with the front row, work your way back to 10, and that's really all that matters. If you've got the advantage there, if you'll you, be fine. Well, yeah, if you've got the advantage on two-thirds of the players. Front five, more important than anything else. Okay. That's basically yeah, what I'm saying. Your set piece. I'm going to back Quinns away. Ooh, because mm-hmm. um, Quinns scrummaging certainly mm, and their line has been very weak Leicester yeah should, you're right front even, five they're weak even with a weakened Leicester team I think they should be able to get parity there and then it's oh, it's who one. in the backs is available for each team I think yeah mm. I think I'm going to go Quinns I'm going to go Quinns if Leicester get Money Polar mm. Alan Tuolagi back they get yeah. Owen Williams playing 10 rather than Freddie Burns watch Twitter then, at Rugby Podcast where, yeah. where, when the teams are announced and, and we'll give you our guaranteed picks yes before you, so you can bet on it yeah. beforehand uh, and Saturday then Exeter London Irish this one's another tight match yeah and you'd have to go you'd probably have to go at home Exeter Chiefs I don't Just, know Irish are playing really really and well they at are update Exeter currently trailing Newcastle, which I'm not happy about. I think about. this one's going to. I think there's going to be a point or two points in this one. I think you'll be that close. If the Irish are fit, I think Exeter. I think Exeter by a point, but it could go either way. Um, <coughs> Surrey's Gloucester. I'd say that the Borg will bounce back and win at home. Oh yes, yes, hundred percent, definitely. They are going to shut down Gloucester very, very quickly. Northampton Sale Saints will. Yeah, yeah, overpower sale. Yeah. Sunday wasps against Bath. Not that straightforward. This this one you'd say it's funny, Bath. isn't it? Like Bath look a different team at home to away. Yeah. Wasps look a different team at home to away. That could be a bit of a leveler. I think Bath will win by seven or less. Well, wasps have got a Bath style back row, mm. so it's going to be wasps have got a big pack and a big scrum. But who has a bigger scrum than Bath? Yeah, not, not many teams. Yeah. No. Uh, I'm going Bath as well. And our pick of the week for all the wrong reasons. Our matchup of the weekend: London Welsh against Newcastle. Jordan Freud. What? Uh, uh, what? Isn't Jordan Freud getting pleasure from other people's displeasure? <laughs> okay, yeah. Is that all right? Have I got that wrong? That just proves JB is a. He's like an onion. There's so many layers to JB. Have I got that wrong? On the I one have... hand, on the one hand, you think he's a ranting right wing, courting controversy at every yeah, turn. I am right. Pleasure, pleasure. Sean Freud is pleasure derived but from the misfortunes of others. Wow. So yes, that is exactly how I would describe this game. <laughs> Falcons um, to go away and pick up a win. Yeah, I think Falcons have looked more positive than uh, Welsh. Uh, yeah, I can't see London Welsh doing anything. Even on, though they're at, home, they're at home, they'll be up for it because they know if, if they just beat Newcastle twice, they could potentially stay up. <laughs> yeah. But All you need to do, boys. I don't think they'll have enough. I think Newcastle nowhere near as bad as London Welsh in, the, in their defeat so London far. London Welsh are shambles, aren't they? It's a shame. I'd love, I'd, I'd love to see them have a bath type setup in Old Deer Park. Uh, you know, fourteen thousand, something like that, and just oh, <laughs> ambitious. We'll never, do you know what? We will never ever know. It's like sliding doors, and we're never ever going to know what would happen if they had, if London Welsh had their championship winning team on the field as they won it, yeah, last May. Yeah, agreed. We'll never, ever know. Never know. Uh, but we're going for a Newcastle win at the Kassam Stadium in front of the fence. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I like that name. I think I could stick. <laughs> yeah, the fence. <laughs> right. Uh, is there any other rugby to look forward to? Rugby Championship's done and dusted, isn't it? It is, yeah. Next next game, I think there's Bloody Slow Mark 3, 2014. What's that? Uh, oh, is this when they play each other in the third game? Yeah. I'm not watching that out of principle and we shouldn't talk about it. It's like, <laughs> it's like the warm-up for their... Um, 
Chicago match. Or yeah, it's a warm up for the Chicago match, which is in turn a warm up for the. Why their, do they do this to us? Uh, money. Yeah, uh, let's not talk about it and let's not let's not watch it. Okay, can we agree on that? But that, that's that's uh, probably three weeks off yet. Good. Well, thank you. Anything you want to contribute to or have a think about uh, on the podcast, then get in touch with us at Rugby Podcast on Twitter is where you can find us. Thank you very much for downloading. Tell your friends. Give us a little rating or a comment on iTunes. I thank you for the people that have done that this last week. It helps bump us up the chart and it helps little old us, just three blokes in a studio with you. Yeah, just three blokes in a studio with a professional DJ in a uh, nice little setup. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hold on. We don't have, we don't have the might of a, a three million odd listen to radio station like like the other podcast that we're, we're fighting toe-to-toe with to be the number one rugby podcast. Yeah, yeah that is true. We don't have that no, to no, rely on. You know, it's just us. So uh, we'll see you on the next one. Enjoy the rugby, feast the rugby in the meantime, and we'll see you next time in a bit. Goodbye. Nice one, JB. Nice one, Phil. Cheers, Tim.